Alex, you're here. Uh, I am here. You are also here. I am. Yeah, man. How are you? I'm good. How are you? You just had Christmas. It was Boxing Christmas. Day. Yeah. Yeah. You know who traveled on on Boxing Day and got in trouble for it? The Leafs. The Leafs. Man. So what's yeah, what so happened funny. there? What's going on? So. They left two hours before they were allowed to leave, I think. I, I'm not sure. Whatever. They got fined $100,000. Arizona's $100,000 richer. Um, essentially, what happened was the way Friedman and uh, Chris Johnson explained it was their flight was at 10 p.m. instead of 5 a.m. the next day. And so there was essentially like a the way Friedman had said that there was a con- somewhat of a consensus among the players to just leave at 10 a 10 p.m. the night before instead of 5 a.m. the night the day of and so i guess the leafs just ate the fine alex okay just quickly yeah i my dog is not getting up to go have her dinner carrie okay. no, please excuse me young lady here go she's just looking here carrie okay. leave so while I try and move her, um, yeah. let me know if you think they should have been finders. Just carry the show. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, I got you. Like, listen, at the end of the day, the rules are the rules. Um, We're good. The Leafs can afford it. Uh, I'm oh, not yeah. particularly concerned. It was a it was a busy day for them. Sheldon Keefe also got fined for demeaning we'll get, actions. We'll get to that. We'll whatever, get to that. whatever that. There's means. not much else to talk about, but we'll get to that. Whatever demeaning actions are, I'm not. I'm not entirely sure what what that means. But it was um tough day for the Leafs. You know, they lost a period worth of uh, alcohol. Uh, so that's really yeah, that's a good point. Um, yeah, I get it because I think it's about the prisoning of it. Like, yep. you know what I mean? It was talking about the Mitchell Miller stuff. And Alex, I just realized we were supposed to open with Mitchell Miller and we forgot. That's on me. That's um, okay. We can still talk about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, the thing with that contract and how the Bruins can just terminate it, there was that thing of prisoning and not being allowed to just snap a contract out of existence. Yeah. Even though no one wants Mitchell Miller a contract, you understand why it just can't be terminated. Sure. This is is kind of silly, but I understand setting a prison that a team cannot mess with days off and travel. To um, such a to such a less extent <laughs> is this a similar situation. I understand your point. Yeah. Vastly different situations. No, listen, like I'm not even upset. Like again, like I think if if they couldn't afford it, they wouldn't have done it. Like I think they this isn't like a Listen, I don't think this comes as a surprise to anyone in that organization. I'll put it like that. Right? Like, they ate the fine. Like, they knew what they were doing. I don't think – yes, I think one NHL team just didn't know the CBA. You know what I mean? I doubt it. Mm -hmm. You know what, Alex? You know what? They had the money to to burn because, you know, that's the money they saved from not being allowed to – what was it? Like, train their prospects? (laughs) To fly their prospects over? Over league. over the summer, what a dumb league! No, well, we got to help. We got to help the teams who suck. Yeah, mm-hmm. okay, whatever. So, um, yeah, we'll get to Sheldon Keep, but I think first we should talk about Mitchell Miller. Um, yeah. so the Bruins basically announced, man, this is just so kind of empty calories when you look at it. New policies in wake of sort of the investigation or internal, whatever you want to call it, um, into the whole Mitchell Miller vetting process. Now, basically, what they said was there was no wrongdoing found within the process, because of course they're going to say that. But they did basically put out some uh, 
recommendations that are put in place or that um, basically a review was conducted and uh, things were put in place, suggestions when it comes to policies, when it comes to future player acquisitions. I'll just read you some of the points here, Alex. Um, Establish clear written policies for vetting off-ice conduct, including identifying red flags requiring detailed vetting and documented resolution. Establish clear timetables and responsibilities within the organization to investigate prospects, communities, sorry, prospects, community, or other ICE commitments. Uh, establish centralized documentation of vetting to include reporting on red flags and off-ice issues and ensure such documentation is available to all stakeholders involved in the process. Establish tracking system to ensure responsibilities for all vetting tasks are clearly assigned and tracked. Utilize independent third-party resources to investigate and resolve factual issues when reviewing red flags. Determine whether there are specific training or re rehabilitation programs the prospect should re, um, excuse me should uh, participate in, depending on the nature of the red flags. Uh, um, Adam, Adam, I just want to apologize on behalf of the Boston Bruins for you having to read that. I, I appreciate that, man. That is the most, you know, Alex, one of my least favorite things, um, you know me, I have a certain way of talking. I have a certain way of communicating. Yes. I am not someone who, my least favorite thing is sending emails to professors because, not because I hate talking to my professors, I love them, um, but that you have to have a certain way you talk in emails, you know, the good after years, hope this finds you well, bullcrap. <laughs> I hate corporate speak so much, Alex. From now and on, from now on, when I send our Zoom links, I'm going to start with "Good afternoon, gentlemen. Hope you are well." I hope this email finds you well. <laughs> I wish I could swear it's your answer. That it's just it's <sighs> awful. You know, eventually, once you get to know a professor, you're a bit more buddy with it. But yeah. you know, some professors, some aren't. Just if once like are like, "Hey, I'm a doctor. Call me doctor," and you know not to. Yeah. If they're like, call me doctor, yeah, professor, but you always call them doctor if you're emailing them just to be like, if I need need help here. But anyway. I, I don't know about your story. I, I don't want to get off topic, but though some of your, maybe you'd agree, but some of the journalism professors that just didn't care. No, they didn't. No, they were cool. It was so cool just sending an email, first name basis, just yeah. awesome, awesome. Yeah. It was great. Um, but let's get back. Yeah, to the Bruins. Yeah. So, yeah, so we didn't do anything wrong, but... Like, I just read those outlines, and I'm just like, yes, yeah, so you just didn't do the extra work. Like, things of timelines and that, didn't they emphasize they spent all that time with Mitchell Miller? And, like, verification, a.k.a. I'm assuming that refers back to when his agent was like, he did all this stuff. And then the organizations were like, no, he didn't. <laughs> we have no idea what you're talking about, sir. The, the, you're just the, lying. Yeah, I just, I look at this, and I'm like, but what were you doing before? Four. Like the one, the one of those five or six bullet points is like the last one uh, talking about specific training or rehabilitation programs. I'm like, okay, I can understand you wanting to update that or like, but all the other ones, I'm just like, what were you doing before this like, because I, I just feel like that's such a standard procedure, even like outside of, um, outside of sport in terms of like the hiring process. Like, you, every time you do, every time you have to do the back. Sometimes you have, not every time, but sometimes you got to do the background check, the criminal mm -hmm. background check. 
Yeah. It's like, I have to do that. Like, I was just, it feels weird that some of these things, I don't know if I, I don't really get, understand if there are more so a recommendation or if that's what they're going to implement, meaning they haven't implemented it before. I'm just so curious as to what they were doing. Considering this review says putting forward these these recommendations, I would assume they weren't doing it. It's just so funny that they went and before they were like, we've done our due diligence. And they clearly fed that to people because Elliot Freeman at the time was like, I've heard they've done a lot here. They didn't, and he never acknowledged that. But um, um, but you know what? It, it's funny you mentioned background checks. Brothers, like like PetSmart does those. Yeah, I mean, yeah, PetSmart's man. doing more than the Boston Bruins for its employees. What are we doing yeah. here? <laughs> no, man, it's that, but that's the that was the confusing part about this. It's what we're like here are the recommendations and it's like establish clear written policies. So you don't have them at this moment. What? Like it goes back to your, the the thing you just said about PetSmart does this. Like the, I, I, if I want to go work at McDonald's or Tim Hortons or name a restaurant, like just as another example, there's policies. So what am I, am I, is the NHL the only workplace in the world that doesn't have these? I'm just, I, what am I, I'm more so confused that what am I supposed to take from this? Like, is this mean that these are just the recommendations you were given or does this mean that you didn't have these to begin with? Um, I should point out, by the way, something I should have done at the start. Um, the investigation was led by former U S attorney general, Loretta Lynch of the law firm, Paul Weiss, Rifkind, Wharton, and Garrison. Um, they went through thousands of documents related to the related to the signing. Thousands. I, yeah, and this is from uh, an article from Kristen Shelton of uh, ESPN. Uh, she's one of the good ones, by the way. People don't talk about her now. Know this. Um, but yeah, yeah, I just it, it feels like it's just everything we expected it to be, and it's kind of sad. <laughs> Which was when, nothing. When did, they, <laughs> when did they release this? Actually, I didn't uh, didn't check. Um, December 22nd, 22nd, which was last Thursday. Ah, that's, mm, that's, you didn't do it the Friday, but that's still probably because everyone who's going to put it out probably wasn't working that Friday. Uh, Yeah. yeah. That's that's not awful, but it's still like a, it's not a red flag, but it's the red flags they have to review. Go I've never seen a red flag posted so many times. Like Man, Boston, you gotta. It's just so annoying knowing, and the tweets are going around that Mitchell Miller was made about like a hundred thousand dollars so far from you know having this contract. I hate the league, I, I really, really hate them. <laughs> it's it's just so again, like we were having that discussion. Uh, we were ta- sorry, I was having that discussion with someone about like the salary cap and whatever. I think we had it on the show too. Like, you talking embar- about the salary cap, really, how, but how embarrassing it is that like the NBA. <laughs> NBA, MLB, or NBA and NFL are having these large increases. Well, we're having to debate about one million or four million dollars sapping salary cap increases. Like it's gone to this point, and it's not only embarrassing. I think 
for the Bruins for how it was handled. But like the league too, I think you're like spot on. It's like, how is no one at the league embarrassed by this? Like it that it got to the point that it got. Because the longer the the more people talked and the more people, you know, started to dig, the more you realize that like maybe they did have an inkling that this was going to happen yet didn't really do enough to say, Hey, by the way, he's not going to be able to play. And we could have avoided, we could have avoided this mess. Man. Um, the, the NHL is so, how do I put this? They have such a strong identity and they never stray too far from it. A strong That's identity not- of nothingness. Yeah, always being disappointing and all that kind of stuff. Um, Alex, we are on the break of the new year. We it's are. the 28th as we record this of December. Um, so I think it's time to look back at some of the good parts of the year. And uh, I think probably the biggest story of the past couple of weeks, the man has done it. Alexander Ovechkin not only ties, but in the same game because it's Alexander Ovechkin, passes Gordy Howe, Mr. Hockey on the all-time goal list, Ovechkin is sole possession of number two. He's at 802 goals, and Wayne Gretzky is the only one ahead of him. I never thought I, I obviously I always try and get Ovechkin onto the show. As in mentioning him, I'd love to have some. I think I think we've talked about him about every other episode. Yeah, man. Um, it's just it's it's really really cool. That's this word. It's cool that we get to talk about only two players now in that goal race. Less than a hundred away, Alex. I'm so excited to see. Yeah, it's always cool to uh, witness history, uh, n- no matter uh, no matter what it is. And in the in the pursuit of trying to break um, Gretzky's goal record, more so Gordy passing Gordy Howe, uh, Alex Ovechkin also holds the record for the most shot attempts. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. Probably uh, who had it before? Ray Bork. Yes. Man. It's always weird to think a defenseman had that record. Yeah, it's, but it, just watching, uh, just being able to watch history, um, it, it's it's wild to see. It's one of those moments that's, as a sports fan, is always uh, super cool to watch because you never know when you're going to see it again. Like, uh, you know, looking at this era of sport, not even just hockey, you're, we're watching some of the. Uh, greatest players of all time uh, in and outside of hockey. You think Ovechkin doing this at his age and, you know, McDavid, we're going to talk about McDavid a little later because we're going to do an award show. So I think we know who the MVP is. You you look at what he's doing. The talent just will keep getting better in the league. And I feel like we're going to see something special more and more. Um, Somebody, it's not crazy. Seeing someone like Alex Ovechkin, reach this plateau at this modern age gives you hope that someone could then chase him one day. Um, It might not be for another generation as what's happened with Ovechkin and that, but um, like, that's, that's just the thing of it. I always love talking about Alex. My favorite fact about, about, you know, my birth is that Gretzky's retirement ceremony was the month after I was born. And to think now here I am at 23 years old, watching Ovechkin chase him for the goals. Um, I'm sure if you told Wayne Gretzky that he'd probably faint from his old age. Um, but it's just, it's just really cool to really just see, I'm using the word cool a lot. I don't want to try and be, you know, 
Fanch phantasmable all this guy just want to say like it's just sick. Um yeah. what what else looking back at you know, let's look October to now. What have been some of your favorite stories in the league? Hell, you know, why don't we just go back of, of all this year if you really want to? If you can remember some of last season, I can't just with you. But. Lord. Um I mean, to me, getting that Stanley Cup final of Colorado and Tampa Bay, I think it's something everyone's been dying for. Yep. For a couple of years now. Uh, um, and for Colorado to, you know, their humping past the second round um, and, you know, beating Connor McDavid and the Edmonton Oilers to make it to the Stanley Cup final. It was the final we all wanted to see, and I, and frankly, I think that, I think it lived up to the reputation it had. Alongside that, um, Tampa Bay making it to their third straight Stanley Cup final, I think, is uh, quite quite impressive. It are, is the one that stands out to me from last season. Um, this season, I think you got to look at the Devils, just that that win streak, and let's we won't talk about the way it ended, but. Let's just look at that win streak and how impressive it was. And you know, you look back at what New Jersey was last year and to the the additions they've made this year. I think while a lot of the team might be the same, players within it took uh were are leaps and bounds better. Forget about not looking at last year. Don't look at like their last twelve games. Uh yeah, they yeah. they they came back to earth real quick. Yeah, yeah. Um we this was fine though. You know, I love looking back at the playoffs because you know, obviously we got bad with Alberta. We got one of the funniest moments ever in Mike Smith letting in a goal from that came from the offensive zone for the Oilers. And, and then blaming it up. And yeah, then yeah. blame the ghost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, I, I don't know what that's still so funny. Um, you know, I think back to obviously, you know. My dear lover, Cherry Lekkinen, not only scoring the goal that sent Colorado to the finals, but the game winning, the cup winning goal, seeing another former Scandinavian Hab who I love scoring a cup winning goal. Hello, Lars Eller. Uh, that continues to hurt. Um, it was before the year, but finally seeing the banishing of Mark Bergevin was something I wanted for a long time. Um, it's been nice, man. This season. I think I have to say this: the the rebirth of Eric Carlson mm -hmm. has been something I have been dreaming about for years now, <laughs> and we're finally getting it. Um, talk about the award show! I think you know who my Norris Trophy winner is going to be, lads. Um, but I'm trying to think what else has been cool this year. Uh, maybe for me personally, Cole Caulfield being you know finally seeing what he's made of has been pretty cool. When I think of non-hab stories. Tate Thompson's been really cool because he's just it's always cool seeing a big man because there's no one else like him in the league. Jason Robertson maybe like take a I think just being otherworldly. Um that's been nice. I'm trying to think what like what's a funny moment? Like what's something that's just kind of been like embarrassingly funny? Maybe yeah, you talk about the devils chanting fire Lindy and then like two weeks later apologizing. That was pretty good. Um yeah. I think that's good. So why don't we do our New Year's award show? Yeah, sure. Let's do it. Okay, we'll open with, do the it. with the MVP. <clears throat> All right. This is what we're doing, but I should probably put this up. This isn't. It doesn't get a fancy name because it's not the halfway award show. It's the New Year's one. We were trying to figure out what to talk about. There's not a lot here, so you know. The MVP 
The Norris Trophy on this show, let's make this very clear, the Norris Trophy goes to the best offensive defenseman on our show. Let's get that clear. Best defensive defenseman, we call the Fulton Reed Trophy. Shout out Mighty Ducks. The Vesna goaltender of the year, obviously. The Calder for rookie of the year. Jim Gregory, GM of the year. And Jack Adams, the coach of the year. Alex, MVP on three. One, okay. two, three. Connor, Connor McDavid. Okay. All right. So, yeah. I, I just, I know I will, we'll keep this one short. Have I have stats. some, have I have stats. some ridiculous stats. So obviously besides his 31 goals and 67 points in 36 games, by the way, which is, is ridiculous. He leads the, so that means he leads the league in goals, assists, points, power play goals, power play points. He's four points, uh, four goals behind Jason Robertson uh, for even strength goals. He's two, uh, two points behind uh, Sidney Crosby for even strength points. He's shooting at a 22 and a half percent. The McDavid has a point in every game, but four for the Oilers. They're one and three when he doesn't have a point. That's man, man. And they're still mediocre. This yeah. Year. And in, uh, he's had seven, four point nights this year. Holy crap! Which the Oilers are, thank God, seven and zero. Man, <laughs> that, man, man, and then you realize they have Leon Drysaddle too, and they're yeah. still just bad. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, retweet for my response to that. Um, it's that simple. Uh, yeah. Okay. Norris Trophy for the best offensive defenseman. Alex, go ahead. Uh, I have Eric Carlson. Okay, good. I was wondering if you were going to Stalin and cause a no. fight. No, I almost picked Josh Morrissey for the jokes just to see what would happen, but I had to go with Eric Carlson. Well, what's nice about Carlson is he's also had a few four point nights, not you know like all of those McDavid does, but yeah, um, it's just that he is trying his best to put the Sharks on his back, and he'll probably cost them Connor Bedard, but that's yeah. okay. And he's their only bright spot this year, unfortunately. Uh, you know, um, yeah, man. Uh, yeah, man, it's a tough, tough, tough thing to clean up. The, the, the impressive thing, though, is uh, because of his offensive prowess, I feel like a lot of he gets a lot of credit for his power play stuff yeah. this year, not so much. Like, like he's up there in power play goals and points, but like he's not at the top, he's leading defensemen in goals and points on uh, during even strength. Right, like he's he has thirty four points uh, of his forty eight even strength. So like he's getting it done. Um, he's getting it done five on five. Pop, oh, love to see it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm I'm obviously Carlson too. I love him. I, I you know go back and listen. To, I love Eric Carlson. Um, <laughs> the Fulton Reed Trophy, best defensive defenseman. I am going Hampus Lindholm. Um, yeah. listen. We we before the show we talked about we can't say Jacob Slavin again. It's the so, easy one though. And and so I'm I'm going with I'm going with with Hampus Lindholm. Like every year, there's two easy easy picks for this award, or there's three. Pretty much, uh, frankly, there's three. There's Slavin. There's Jonas Brodin, and. Of- and there's Brett Pesci, right? Like those, those yeah. three are the easiest. The ones. Carolina Hurricanes. <laughs> yeah, everyone of the Carolina Hurricanes. Last year, you probably could have given it to like any of them. Um, uh, like, listen, I, I'm also gonna go with Hampus Lindholm. I, I'm, I don't want to be copying you, but I am. I just, 
I really liked Lahampus Lindholm. I said it on the podcast last year. I thought that's the guy the Leafs should have went after um, towards the trade deadline. I'm very upset that Boston got him and then proceeded to extend it to extend him. Yeah. Um, you just look at the beginning of the season when their defense was without two of their best defensemen, Boston's best defensemen and McAvoy and Mac Reslick. Uh, not only did he produce offensively, but I think he, he held the ship. And once McAvoy came back, that, that pairing is probably the best in, if not, if, is one of the, if not the best in the NHL. It's hard to disagree with you there. Yeah. Um, the Vesna Trophy. Okay. Who do you have? All right. So I think we might disagree on this. I don't know. I have Connor Hellebuck. Uh, okay. Do you have Connor Hellebuck? Yeah. Oh, man. We are just spot I thought, on. I thought thing. you were going to go Sorokin. I thought about Sorokin. I also, you know, I also thought about Linus Allmark. But. I mean, the, he is at the top of like every goalie category. He is the the reason I didn't pick Allmark is because I just think that Winnipeg relies a little bit more on Hellebuck than I the think Bruins. you're being generous saying a little bit. <laughs> it relies a lot more on Connor Hellebuck than the Bruins rely on on Allmark. Like he's Hellebuck is putting up similar if not better numbers to when he won the Vesna in 1920. So it, it's weird. You can look at the top guys. I got say percentage guys up here right now. And it's funny that Craig Anderson is is sixth in the league. Like if you wow. look at some of the guys up here, like if we're looking at top 10 in say percentage, Jay Gonger's at a 919. He could always go on the run and get it. Sam Sonov, 14 games. And Darcy Kemper's up to a 920. That's interesting. Um, Philip Gustafson has yeah. a 920. Who? Yeah, is up to a not in a wait. wait who is that name? Who is that name? Philip, Philip Gustafson. Oh, he's out before Mark Andre Fleury. What a surprise! Yeah. Um, Alexander Georgiev in 24 games is a 921. That's looking like a very <laughs> and you still don't believe in Colorado school. I, <laughs> no, it's just uh, I gotta. I think I gotta go. Call it. I think I gotta uh, eat. Call on that. They still uh, need a center. They still need they still one. Not they, 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 they need a legit. They go don't. get Bo Horvat. They're repeating. I'm not even oh, questioning it. Yeah. But then, like, you look at Matt Murray's there, 12 games played, though. So then, like, Kochekov, the problem with Kochekov is he only plays 15 games. So then, when you look at that top echelon of them, is there is a separation between Hellebuck, Sorokin, and that, and then this sort of thing of Craig Anderson and that, right? Or mm-hmm. I shouldn't say. Let's say Georgiev is the front runner. Not Anderson, I'll, I'll do respect no. to Craig Anderson. Oh At his age, that number's in 13 games. Not bad. Yeah, but give like, him the Vezina just for but, that. The separation you have to those four players, those four goalies, yep. between Sorokin, Hellebuck, and Olmark, could check off too, but he's got to play more. Same thing with like Matt Murray. But if you give either Olmark, Hellebuck, or Sorokin the Vesna, I don't think anyone would really be upset. No, you know I, I mean? don't think you can be upset. Even no. if, like, I'm. let me just double check something real quick. Like, even if the... See, the Islanders are just outside of a playoff spot right now, but even if they just finish outside of a playoff spot and Sorokin wins the Vesna, I don't think you could be mad. No, not at all. Okay, so now we go to the Calder Trophy. Okay, yeah, this is an interesting one because I see it as a two-horse race right now. Okay. I'm gonna, I want to know who you say first. 
<laughs> All right. Um, do you want me to give my reasoning too while I'm at it? No. Yeah, yeah, sure. So I have uh, Manny Beniers out of Seattle, 11 goals, 25 okay. points in 32 games. I mean, he leads mm. rookie scoring right now. Uh, that's not necessarily why I – that's why he's my my number one guy. Um, you know, he spends a considerable considerable amount of time on the first line with uh, Jared McCann and Jordan Eberle. Uh, and he's second in team scoring behind Andre Burakovsky. And this is a guy who, and he's playing center, right? Like he is playing center. He's taken the majority of the faceoffs on that line, if not almost all of them. Uh, so I think some credit's got to be given to Matty Beniers for that in his first year out of, um, out of college. Oh yeah. Um, I'm actually going with a goaltender. I'm going Logan Thompson. Cause oh, not okay, only, okay. He's there with games played because he's at 25 games. Yeah. He's got the 16 wins and he's at a 9-13 save percentage. Which, by the way, there's a good number of goaltenders that are up there with save percentage. I think it's gone up a bit this year. Um, I just think we need a bit more love to the goaltenders. And if he yeah. does this throughout the entire year instead of 25-game stretch like Jordan Bennington did and claimed to have said he should have won it, um, I who think did that he, who, who won Pedersen, it that year? Oh, Elias okay. Patterson. Yeah. Not the Elias Pedersen that Vancouver sent to the World Juniors. Oh. Remember, they have two of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Funny. Uh, but yeah, no, um, I just, um, I and I love Matty Beniers. I have him in fantasy. He's a, yeah. he's great for me. But, you have him um, in, you have him out of spite, though. <laughs> you want and do you know what? It worked because he's been great. <laughs> yeah, I grabbed him because Mike took cold coffee and then I got coffee and it worked out and I had Matty Beniers. Yeah. Who did I um, give him? I even remember, like, I think I, I gave Philip Forsberg for Caulfield. I don't, I feel uh, bad. I don't feel bad about it. Um, is Peter Pure Pyotr Kachetkov's? Wow, that is that was tough. Kachetkov is he a rookie? Right, he he should be. I would have. I'm pretty sure he is. Remember, he signed that extension, only playing like nine games or something. Yeah. Okay. So maybe he he's a. If show he too, can get more games, in, I think he'll definitely be up there. But right now. Again, it's like the thing of if Matt Murray keeps this up, he'll be in the best in the conversation as well. Uh, you don't see the spit take, but I mean it. The guy's at a nine twenty five, Alex. Dude. Like, no, no, I don't disagree with you. I'm not saying he can win it because just, is there, but he'll be in the conversation. It's just so funny how, uh, whatever. It's just funny. I, I want to cover cover my bases here because Logan Thompson is twenty five. However, oh boy. Oh, however, oh, and he played 19 boy. games last year. However, oh, however, okay. goaltenders. Goaltenders, nothing. Goaltenders. They're, they're, they're different. No, no. He's also eh, played like wrong. 50 AHL games. Um, but um, no, yeah, Michael I didn't Bunting? notice that until just now. Oh, what? man. He's um, the Jim Gregory for GM of the year. This is kind of tough. Um, but um, no, yeah. Summer, <laughs> summer of Pierre. Yeah, summer Pierre and summer of Boston Pizza is not working. <laughs> yeah, I love it. It's not we just, we just, I love how we just named it summer of Boston Pizza. So, so who's your GM of the year? Okay, so I had I had some trouble with this one in terms yeah, of like just picking. I'm like, who changed their team and did well? And I'm like, I I wanted to go with Don Waddell. But I didn't. I think I went with him last year. That's an easy answer. Too, um, I almost went with Jim Nil. I thought that would have been a cool one. I didn't. I, I went. Pardon? I also thought of Jim Nil. Yeah, I went with uh, Tom Fitzgerald. Okay, fair enough. 
uh, I think you look at New Jersey and, and I'm the, I'm always the guy that says, listen, man, they're not that different from last year. I mean, like, listen, the thing with they've added pieces that have definitely helped them. They've brought in a goaltender who, that is healthier than Mackenzie Blackwood and Vitek Vanacek. Uh, bringing in John Marino has really helped them. Despite him not playing yet, playing more than, I think, like five games, Andre Palat, I think, will prove to be a really good piece, especially if this team makes the playoffs, because that guy has been to the playoffs three times. He has been deep three times and more. Um, So I just think those moves, and considering how well they started, uh, how well they're doing right now, their start to the season wasn't fantastic, but still... I think that's why he deserves a Jim Gregory award. Um, Joe Edmondson has not been traded for a first round pick yet, so I can't make it. Um, I, can, I can't make it. Can't use. Yeah. Now, Alex, I actually made a promise on the show in the summer. Do you remember what it was? I said if Kyle Dubas can go oh. the entire season without making a cap dump move, he will be my GM of the year. So you have did he, not do that. He, he is yet <laughs> to do that. So. Right now, my GM of the year is Kyle Dubas because of the work he's done. The guy now, I'm not going to sit here and say he should be extended. Oh my um, god, you know, like, <laughs> like some people are starting to say, No, win a playoff round, there needs to be consequences for not winning. Um, but I legit look at the work he's done, the guys he's replaced, and all that. Um, I just like I'll give him credit, like, he's done well. and <laughs> When he brings in his guys, they aren't complete scrubs like what happens with other players, like oh, other teams. I legit think he should be there. Um, yeah. Now, I'm not going to be like shouting Keith Jack Adams because there's some stuff I think he's way too stubborn with. But, yeah, my Jim Gregory is is Kyle Dubas, and I say that with my chest. Man, that's awesome. That's uh, uh, I yeah. can't wait till someone reads this. To someone uh, listens to this. I know. I know. Uh, this um, might just have to be the clip, frankly. Uh, now, when it comes to coach of the year, Alex, I had a yeah. very difficult time with this as well. Did you? Uh, but then I kind of – see, here's the thing. I was going to give my – at the start of the year, the way it was looking, I was going to give my GM of the year. I, I thought about – again, this was all based on Kyle Dubas not doing a cat move, so there's always a thing. But I thought at one time, somehow my GM of the year and my coach of the year can be the same people. Okay. However, then the Bruins side Mitchell Miller, and I was like, I can't do that. Um, but my coach of the year – is Jim Montgomery because the Bruins oh, have yeah. just like they're a wagon. It was close between him and Rob Brindamore because it's Rob Brindamore. Yeah. Um, but like there are a good couple of contenders here. But yeah, my my guy's Jim Montgomery because he has like such a breath of fresh air to the Bruins and like Jake yeah. Dabrowski, obviously, and Patrice yeah. Bergeron. Like, like now, obviously, like Pat, Pat doesn't need the help, but it's just what he's done to that lineup. I have to look past what's happened to my dear Craig Smith. Um, but like, yeah, I'm just, they're like the best team in the league. So well, yeah, I'm confident. I almost went Rick bonus, but I'm like, I'm feeding too much into the awards yes, thing. Of yes. You were supposed to be bad and you defied expectations. So I'm going to go with the Bruins who it's different. Cause we thought they would have a bad start because of injuries. But I think we all thought the Bruins would, I think there was a thought of it is the Bruins and Boston have a Boston sports in general, have a thing of defying expectations. But especially you and I were also very big on David Krejci coming back, and we yeah. thought that was a step forward. Some of we 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 did our preseason thing with disagreed with that. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm very high on Jim Montgomery. 
I also personally have a lot of the time for the fact that he's someone who went out, he got help, um, worked his way back into a position where he's a head coach. Um, I just, I love the Jim Montgomery story. Wait, who disagreed with that? Mike, he's like, ah, David, oh. he, uh, you know, he's been, uh, he's, 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 he's old now. He's been played in North America. Oh, okay. Sorry. I completely oh. forgot about that. Yeah, no, Mike um, Hi, Mike. No, I, I also have Jim Montgomery, um, but let's but let's be frank here, Adam. These are both our second place candidates because, respectively, you yeah. have Jared Bednar, I have yeah. Sean Cooper. But that's yeah. besides the point. I also have Jim Montgomery. You brought up Jake DeBrusque. I went to go look at their um, scoring earlier. He is third in team scoring. He has twenty seven points in thirty three games. Half him in fantasy. Yeah, no, he's he's a, uh, it's been a breath of fresh air for him. I think this year, and like you brought up the start of this season without Brad Marchand, uh, Charlie McAvoy, and Mac Rizlick, and like they took a step forward. It feels like they took a step forward. You know what I mean? Like they're twenty-seven, four, and three for God's sakes! Like my lord, they kept it up. Like the the Devils came back to earth. The Bruins have kept it up. And by the way, you joke about the Avs. If Miko Rantanen gets hurt, the Avs like have no one to score because everyone's hurt right now. It's it's literally just Miko Rantanen scoring goals. It's hilarious. It's I love that player. It's, it's another player I've always been a big fan of. Is Miko Rantanen? I love that player. Um, okay, to finish off, we can quickly just look at the Leafs and the Habs. Uh, can I just say uh, I can't yeah, believe we agreed on so many of those. <laughs> What man? It's just the thing is, there's a pool of players, except MVP. That should just be McDavid. Um, yeah. But like, there's a good pool of Darlene could win the Norris too. Like Haskinen, I think he's had a really good year. There's a lot of guys out there that I think there's a good pool for the awards this year. It's been a good season. You're starting yeah, so- to see separation in the standings finally, but there's still enough interest as opposed to this time last year, where you know. It was just decided, like, okay, so these eight teams are making it, and Columbus. Especially in the East. What was it like? The Islanders had like ten games in hand over one team, and even if they yeah. won all of them, they were still like behind, and it was just like yeah. this is all. Yeah, no, like, it was even, last like, year's stuff. Like even the Coyotes aren't garbage this year; they're second last in their division. <laughs> but like they've been fun. <laughs> they have been. They have so been. Weird. By the way, you know tomorrow because the Leafs are playing. I think it's tomorrow. That yeah. that so much is going to be said about Mullen Arena. Um, shout out by the way oh, that the, the that you know the Blackhawks are total trash. Um, but anyway, the Leafs. Um, this is what I wanted to ask you here at New Year's. Where do you see them in the grand pecking order of the league? Because they are second in the division. It's just the problem is that division includes the Boston Bruins. And uh, off the top of my head, what are they? Are they third in the East and probably? Behind like the hurricanes in Boston, they're third in the East behind hurricanes in Boston. They're also third in the league behind the hurricanes in Boston. God damn it! Yo, the East is oh. a bloodbath. What a cry! I just want to cry. Like it's Man, ridiculous. I, I just realized. You remember how I said the Caps are cooked? <laughs> they've won Dude, five straight. So. Yeah, they're nine and one in their last ten. Oh, they're above the Penguins. Man, what oh, happened? Man. I don't know. In hand. I, feel, I feel dumb. I feel dumb. Yeah, I feel man. Dumb. Um, Listen, they played 37 games, the Penguins, and have played 34, man, whatever. Man, the Devils and Rangers are, are – are, the difference is three points, and that's second and fifth in the division. Sorry, but like the, the Leafs, they are no, a very good team. 
see the the thing with the thing with the Leafs is every time I have to talk about the Leafs, I also I have to understand, and I do, that I can't put them in contenders. I can't. Like I don't have any logical reasoning to put them in contenders, and I think I have a pretty good explanation for it. And I think you might know it as well, Adam. Um, they haven't won a playoff round in seven years. I think seven years, if I can do math correctly. Wait, they haven't won a playoff round in seven years. I'm well, in, in this core, this core, this core. Oh, this I mean. core. This core. Okay, yeah, no, they haven't won a playoff round in about whatever since my entire life. Yeah. Um, feels like. <laughs> Um, no, no, but like this core has been around for X amount of years. I think seven hasn't won a, haven't won a playoff round. So it's a yeah. little hard to like make them contenders when they haven't done it. Yeah. So I think the, the, the thing, what, whatever the, the, the level below contenders is, I feel comfortable enough putting them there. Um, very good teams. I don't know what's the what's the the level below contenders. What do we call that? So what is it like? Cup contender? Yeah. Playoff team, or like something between? It, the I, I feel like it's something in between playoff team and contender. I think they're a conference final team. Like, and that is that is not an insult. That is no. sort of like I here's would love the thing: that. is like to get to the conference finals, they probably have to beat the Bruins in the second round, which is just hilarious to think of. And the lightning in the first round. Are you kidding me? The way it's looking. So it's hilarious that to win, if you want to be a two or three team, like let's just say it's Tampa, for example, trying to make it to a fourth straight final. They have to get through the Leafs, probably Boston, and one of Carolina, probably Pittsburgh, or one of those guys. And that is a joke. (laughs) I want to make it clear. That is not me complaining about the playoff format. No, no. But it's just... That's how crazy the East is. I mean, okay, like the playoff format would be how much different? Like, so it's one eight, one eight, two seven, three six four five. So the Leafs would play the Penguins, <laughs> then the Hurricanes, <laughs> and then the Bruins. Yeah, <laughs> man. Even the even the Penguins. It's like I don't want to go into a. No. Even if they haven't had a lot of round, like I don't think they've won around in like years. It's it it's Sidney Crosby. Yeah, like I'm not still like a god. We never talk about. Yeah, yeah, no, I like. Th- so if I have to put them in a ring, like in 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 a level, sure, like it's whatever's below contenders. I I think there's a group of teams that are contenders. This year, you talk about Boston, you talk about Carolina, throw. Uh, Tampa and Colorado in there because I I don't care where they are in the league. It's them. Yeah. It's them. They're you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, Nathan McKinnon may have heard. Yeah, and, and I think that's pretty much good enough for pure contenders. And then I think if you go a a level below, you're talking about Toronto, um, Washington, Pittsburgh, the Rangers. Like I it, see, I have the Leafs above all those teams though. I have them at the top of those. Yeah, I, I, without a question, I do. I just, so the, the, I just, I, I, you know, especially, I appreciate, sorry. I'm not saying they're going to go get Ryan O'Reilly, but if they get Ryan O'Reilly, it's like, yeah, they clear easy in there. You know, there's obviously a move coming, or if it's Tarasenko because they just played the blue. I really hope, by the way, if the Leafs get Vladimir Tarasenko at the trade deadline, I don't think I'll be able to watch them play because I have always loved Vladimir. 
Like he is one of the earliest. Him and Eric Carlson are two of the players that were that aren't Habs that I fell in love with. And if one of if if Tarasenko puts on the Leafs jersey, I don't know how I'll feel about it. But you know, yeah. I just I see them in that tier with Carolina and that. And like, listen, I think there's asterisks next to both Carolina and Toronto because. You know, let's be honest here. It's not like the Canes have made significant progress in the playoffs either. No, I mean, like, they, they also you can't, talk they, about the Bruins they, being they, a nightmare. Yeah, they also can't get past Boston, to be honest. Like, Bruins <laughs> suck. I hate it's them. just, it's just. I appreciate your um, optimism. I just, I, I struggle to put them in there. When listen. Have they gotten better over the years? Sure. It's just they haven't done one thing they haven't done the one thing they needed to do which is win a a damn playoff round so it's hard for me to put them in contenders when they haven't won a playoff round i that that's that's where my struggle is alex i'm sick of haps twitter okay why i also am listen you know me um you know I, I was over last year, you know, and that hunt for Slavkovsky, who I, I wanted Shane right, obviously. Um, man, man. I, I hope listen. you know you'll never live that down, right? <laughs> I know. I know. Um, listen, right now the Habs are 26. The Panthers, who obviously Montreal have their pick, is 23rd. I, I just Wait, I the Panthers have- are 23rd in the league? Yeah. Where have I been? Um, You know. Oh, my God. <laughs> Yeah, man. Yeah. Sorry, I I did not know that was a thing. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah. because everyone's been doing simulators and doing it to Montreal get one and two. Listen, guys. Um, you know I've talked about like like Joel Armia is on the top line tonight, which I actually yeah. don't think is a bad idea. I actually think the fit there is you know puck retrieving guy Armia can be pretty good in keep away. He just needs to be consistent. Like I, I, I know he doesn't have a goal. Trust me, I, I've complained plenty about Joel Armia. I don't hate that move, but it's just like guys, if you want to rely so heavily on getting Connor Bedard, you're going to turn into the Sabers. And then you're if like let's say they fall, like they they even like first off, I don't think going into this season, like I thought they were a bottom team. I and I, but I said to you, Chicago and Arizona are probably going to be difficult competition. The Ducks are there too. So I don't think being a bottom three team was ever a realistic thing. I just don't think it was. I still think they were a bottom team, and I said they were easily the bottom of the division. Like I thought them and the Sabres were going to have a dogfight, and the Sabres are at 22nd, so they haven't really gone too far ahead. Um, But like I'm just kind of sick of the whole thing of I get you need to tank for elite talent, but like, are we gonna sit there and say you can't get that at ten? You can't just have your whole sort of thing. Remember last year, I won it first, but I was okay yeah. with 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 a top three pick yeah. because damn, that's pretty good. It's just been I dealt with this all of last year, and I cannot mentally put myself in a space where we're gonna do this for the whole of this year. Like I just think it's a little ridiculous the point that they're at right now. It's legit like. They win a game. It is, it is, Alex, it is not even January. People see it them at 26. And Patrick Talon, who has been on the show, said, right now it's a failure of a year. Guys, relax a bit. Like, not trading Edmondson and Anderson. They don't do that. I'm with you, but yep. 
relax a bit. It is not a failure of guys. It is a it is difficult to be worse than the Blackhawks this year. They they tra- they tra- traded Kirby Dook and to breakout. We're like, yeah, whatever. Like, just I wish I could swear. Just relax. You did. Calm down. It's okay. Things happen. They're not. This isn't finishing fifteenth and getting a middling pick. Like twenty six and twenty three right now is not bad. Not to mention, like because of the way the lottery has changed. Let's not forget since the rules came in. First overall has always gone to the last place team, right? However, that stops it from a 15th team moving up and then pushing you back even more spots. So being in the bottom 10 is actually super advantageous. Like, it, better than it's always been. Like, I get it. Like, listen, I would love Fentilli. I would love Dvorsky. I love Carlson. I love Bedard. But if you only set your mind, and I know this because I was out, I was there at the draft with Daniel next to me, and put my standards so high onto getting Shane right that it ruined nearly the whole draft for me. You are going to ruin whoever like they end up drafting in that position because, and I can already see it now when they moved up one spot and got third overall for Kakademi, the fan base was so mad because it was like, oh, we're going to get Rasmus Dali. Guys, just just relax. This is why people don't think the Montreal market is ready for a rebuild. Just breathe. I don't want to see this on Twitter anymore. It is not a failure of the year. If you look at the way Caulfield and Suzuki are playing, like Caulfield could score 50. Shut up. Just relax, guys. There's other ways of getting elite talent, and Kent Hughes has shown a willingness to make moves like the Kirby Doc move. Not saying Kirby Doc's going to be elite player. He's pretty damn. But he only has shown willingness to make moves that Mark Bergevin never did. Submit. I'm done. I, I, am, I agree. Um, I am... Listen, I'm very, uh, I'm very negative toward the door. Pretty much how North American sports have set up their like development system. I've whatever. That's besides the point. My point is, um, I, I just think there's the NHL. I, I think the way Montreal is doing it is the right way around going to do it. I think the point is the players that you currently have who are extremely young for the most part, the guys you are looking forward to seeing are, are, are good enough to progress this. They're not, they're not going to be a playoff team. They're probably not going to push for a wild card spot. You're right. They'll probably finish around uh, bottom 10, get 10th overall. And that's fine. This reliance on, I, I don't necessarily agree with the idea that like, I think Montreal is very much a good example of you get your first overall pick, which they got in Slavkovsky, and you'll and then you have to fill around Slavkovsky. That doesn't necessarily mean you have to keep tanking. Like I think if you Buffalo's a, a weird like Rasmus Dallin is a good example of of Jack Hughes is a good example is a good example of a of a first overall pick it's hard to always look at mcdavid matthews um who else has just jumped right into the league recently um like you're not always going to get a guy who's going to jump right into the league and be an absolute beast that's just that's not always going to happen and i think the way montreal's done it is they've gotten their first overall pick they're playing him he's developing he's um the team is getting better around him along with Caulfield and Suzuki and the idea that they have to tank again uh 
to get Connor Bedard, I don't think helps the team. Like the idea is, yes, I understand you have to look out for the future, but at the same time, what's the point of having draft? What's the point of having this these scouts if all if all we're worried about is is um, is drafting first overall? Like it, it's what you're gonna get in the later rounds in surrounding in surrounding the talent. Go look at the Tampa Bay Lightning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I understand Steven Stamkos, Victor Hedman, uh, th- those guys who were drafted very highly. But go look at what's uh, what surrounds them. Go Kucherov look at second. You know, Sergachev. They got via a trade. Now, can you say they traded him for a third overall pick guy? But still, that was a player who. You look at what he's turned yes, into. This has been great, and he was a ninth overall pick. If you're really complaining about being in the top ten, that's a guy who was drafted around there. Sure, but when they drafted Jonathan Drouin, was that not the season that they had injuries? If I'm mistaken, are you thinking about the one where the Leafs made it? Because I think it was a couple of years before that. 2013 because- was when they drafted Jonathan Drouin, right? Um, was I'm that- looking. Year was were they the same year or were they a year apart? Anyway, NHL standings. I, but, like, yeah. but my point is, look at what's like, sur- like, look at what's surrounding the Tampa Bay Lightning. Like, Vasilevsky was a first uh, first round pick. So sorry, you're, right? You're- Cutting out a bit on my end. Sorry, I can't oh, hear. It. Sorry, sorry. No, I, I just, I was just saying the, like, if you look at the Lightning, their franchise goalie was a 19th overall pick or something around there, and a pick that didn't even belong to them. Right. Like it's all bigger than, than just drafting Which, first overall. If you're in the Canadian, you remember how famously apparently there were leaks that Mark Bergevin and the Canadians brass were planning on signing John Tavares, and then he didn't even give them a meeting. Famously, if you're an organization and your whole plan is around a player that isn't in your organization, I think you're failing at your job. You need to see what's in front of you, and as you say, like an exit, like an example being Slavkovsky, build around them. Do they need more elite talent? Yes. But guys, it's going to come. There's a reason that this draft class has been talked about so much. Now, obviously, am I happy with all the usage of Slavkovsky this year? No, I'm not. Am I going to be upset if they re-sign Sean Monaghan? Absolutely. But just, just take a breath here. If you constantly go for tank, 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 you're going to be the Coyotes. You're going to be the Sabres. But the, this year and last year, the Sabres are just questionable, but they're still a team that hasn't made the playoffs in more than a decade. It's just um, just try and enjoy it. Yeah, there. I also think that the fan base there were there were pockets of them that got fooled by the way the team was performing earlier in the year. You know, Dominic Ducharme, all the problems with him had that famous saying of, you know, the season is almost four quarters, and at each point, you know, a player, especially young players who play well in the first quarter, by the time Q four comes around and teams are really tightening it up, it's a different, it's a different type of game, you know. The Canadians were never going to be this team that was. I I kept telling you, Alex, like this is, like especially after that first. What was it? That first like portion of the season where they had games against like the Sabers and that they were easy points. But then once they hit last month, we knew December was going to be tough. Like that was the comeback 
down to earth phase. And I think some <laughs> people in the fan base, there's a mixture of, I think they drank the Kool-Aid earlier in the season. And then they're just sort of forgetting now that they're facing real teams where they really are in the pecking order of the NHL. And that is, this is the team that was lost last year, have lost more talent, if you think about it, with Jeff Petrie being gone. And obviously Mike Matheson hasn't freaking played, like, he's played games with not many. Oh, and by the way, Shea Weber is still gone and Carey Price is never playing again. And, like, like this team has not improved greatly. Like, let's just relax a bit. I keep saying it, just... Just breathe a little bit. Just breathe. And again, I've said this before. Jonathan Druin's not going to be around in a couple of years. Joel Armia won't be part of the team long term. Don't worry about it. Just, like, just I, I think if you look at where Munch like where Montreal is in, in terms of the standings of where they are uh in in the conference, in the Eastern Conference, you have the two teams who unfortunately right now are the dumpster fire of the East, which are Columbus and Philly. Is that that's that's a fair assessment to to say? Yeah, yeah. No, like yeah. they they're not there. They're not and, they're and they're above them. Yeah. Like but last year they were down there. They were the worst. Were they they were the worst team in the East. Were they, they not? Never had a winning record at any point in the year. Yeah, it was it was ugly. And I think they've taken so many steps forward, taken so many steps forward, you know, beating teams that they should have beaten, and like they're tied with points on Ottawa, with Ottawa, right? And I'm I'm just I'm trying to look at the positives here and say, look how everyone talked about Ottawa walking into the season, and yeah, I'm aware that they haven't performed up to standards, but still, that's like, also what happens when your GM's prematurely like, yeah, we're done here. Uh, <laughs> yeah, just get a bit of patience, people. It's fine. Um, like, listen, realistically, like, yeah, it's like if they finish 26, I think that's fair to say that's where they could finish. Sure. You still have a good chance of the lottery. And if not, even if you stay in that spot, mm-hmm. one, two, three, four, five, six, seventh overall is not bad. And right. then having possibly eight, nine, tenth with Florida. Yeah. They could still both be lottery picks, but let's not bank on it. But seven and nine, seven and ten, sorry. You either get a damn good player or they're trading assets. Now, like, let's be honest. I mean, like, that really actually happens at the draft. Like, feels like top 10 picks never actually move. But still, like, those are two damn good players. And those are higher, like, quality first rounders with the exception of first overall last year. Better quality in the first round that they had last year. Mm-hmm. That's pretty damn good. But, and and I guess to add on to what we were talking about before, like, I, I don't think – Connor Bedard finish. He's really good player, super super good player. But he does not finish your rebuild, right? Like no, just because no. you draft Connor Bedard doesn't finish, doesn't it doesn't like encapsulate. Hey, we're done. Like it's not no. Pierre Dorian coming out and saying you're done. Look at the Edmonton Oilers. Like I, I mean that with all due respect. Look at the Edmonton Oilers. It's who are you surrounding your top end talent with? Who are you surrounding? Um, Cole Caulfield and Nick Suzuki and Kirby Doc and Uri Slavkovsky with. That's I'm not saying it's the BN be all end all, because that's the boomer, that's the boomer thing to say. But yeah. I, I think you have your top end talent. How are you going to surround it? Should be your next should be the next questions. 
They still have defense. Like yeah. uh, still, I still think a lot of people overrate Logan Mayu. That's not just mm-hmm. a personal thing. Like it's just you look at the comparisons of people his age. Like he's just not as good as people think he is. Sure. Um, their goaltending in the future is such a question mark. Yeah. Uh, well, listen, I want to make this really clear. Okay. I'm not saying I don't want Connor Bedard. I I would give a finger for him. I I'm not. I would love Connor Bedard. But I'm not going to put my hopes and dreams on getting Connor Bedard in the season and saying it's a failure. Like, that's such a, I just don't think that's the right mindset to have. I also think that's the most anti sports thing, anti sports mindset to have. Like, like I, I get the, what is, oh, man, this is going to be a hot take. I don't think this would be a hot take. What is professional sports about? Winning. Winning. So I just find it hard to believe that finishing last is a success of a season. I just, I just can't understand that. Like I, I get it, and, and I know you people will, would argue. Okay, Leafs twenty sixteen, dude. I was sixteen years old. Please don't ask for my opinion when I was sixteen years old. Yeah, we're, I, both of us would love Bedard on the team, but don't. Don't put your entire hope and dream on a 20, what is it, 22% chance if you're last. Just relax, people. Um, Do you know what's actually really funny, by the way, if we're just going to finishing on the Habs? This was going yeah. around on Twitter because Joel Armia is, is playing tonight on that top line. He enters tonight on 68 goals. Oh, God. So he, he could score goal number 69 in game 420 tonight. <laughs> and I think we're all hoping it's yeah, going to happen. That's so you know funny. Who, you know who scored in the last Habs game, by the way? Jake Evans finally got his oh. first year. Good guy. I think it's Good only Armia who hasn't scored yet. Man. Oof. I would love to have, like, Joel Armia must have a silver tongue or something, the way he continuously makes, like, people think he's, I, I, he just, he tricks all the scouts. He tricks all the scouts. But anyway, I still think it's a good idea to put him on the top line. Do it. Increase that trade value, you know? Yeah, man. I mean, you know, I can only, you know, we spent a year pumping up Ben Sherratt. We're doing it with Edmondson now. I don't, I can't do. Uh, there are three assists. Joel R. B. on the year is I can't even do that. <laughs> I can't spin that tail. You know, ah, he's great in the oh, world man. championships. Ah, his values up, and then he just comes back to North America, and it's like, yeah, no, I'm, I'm bad. <laughs> anyway, man. Yeah, that's it. All right. Yeah, man. It was fun. Um, you know, check us out on social media everywhere. God, it sucks that Twitter's going downhill still, by the way. It's, it's... Top of the timeline all the time. It's just sad. It keeps recommending me Elon Musk tweets. I don't want to see them. Is it actually? Wow. Yeah, it is. I've put show less from Elon Musk about three times already, and I'm close to And it hasn't worked. And it hasn't worked. I wonder why. <laughs> no, no, it hasn't worked, but I just I wonder why. I don't like your tweets. I don't think they're funny. Anyway. Uh, All right, Alex. We'll see you next time. Next year. Happy New Year. Yeah, yeah.